Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen. Brian, are we live? I believe so. Says, okay. Says we are. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Lulz. We took a little break last week. Uh, it was actually a lull, L-U-L-L, but we are back with a vengeance this week. And boy, do we have some incredibly special programming for you guys today because we are doing the top 10 moments from the DFS coronavirus era. That is right. We are counting down the moments that we hold near and dear to our hearts, the moments we will never forget. Brian, how are you doing? Good. Fantastic. Good to be back after a week off. Uh, everything feels like 10 times longer in uh, the post-CV era. It sure does. It, uh, the, the, I still, you know, blows my mind to think that this night, uh, or this show, sorry, started uh, on the night that coronavirus unraveled all of sports. And I think what better way to maybe kick things off than with number 10, Brian? Yep, that's when it all started. Rudy hey, Gobert. There it is. Number 10, Rudy Gobert thought it would be funny to touch every single mic and recorder in the media room. Uh, Taylor, if you have this view queued up, we'll uh, take a little clip here from memory lane. That moment, I believe while that was happening, we might have been, actually, we probably hadn't started recording yet because that was before the game, correct? Yeah, I think that was before the game, that specific moment. Um, that was going around Twitter that he was going around the locker room touching everyone's mics um, before it was like officially ruled out because the game was officially ruled out while we were going live. Yeah, <laughs> that was that entire first uh, that night was just absolutely wild. I hadn't even been playing NBA DFS and I was like, no, we're doing the show. We're going to have to talk about it. I put some time researching, building lineups, and we didn't even make it through the entire night. Yeah, that was that was crazy. And then that was the late game that got canceled as well, which wasn't was which wasn't for, for certain either. They ended up canceling on both. Was it Utah? I think no, no, that was Utah. It was the Rudy Gobert players? I can't remember the. I want to say it was a Denver was playing a game where all the other games had been closed down, and they were just still out there in the fourth quarter, just hooping that, it up. Yeah, there was three late games. Utah was like delayed, and maybe it was Denver was still playing. They decided to finish out the game, and then whoever the late game was finally made the decision to pack it in like 15 minutes before tip off. The thing, too, that is still wild to me is that this was really the canary in the coal mine for not just sports, but the entire United States. Like, this set a lot of the dominoes 
off throughout the entire, you know, even up to political stuff. They were like, this, this is, uh, is now a huge issue. Yeah, no, it, it didn't. Yeah. It didn't really seem, didn't really seem that big a deal. I mean, it, no, actually it did seem pretty. It was like when games <laughs> were getting canceled and, um, especially when you have, you know, money on the line and you're like, what the hell is going to happen here? It did seem, you know, like a big deal. Not, I mean, not necessarily how long it would last and still, still going, you know, I don't know if I would have like predicted that for sure back then, but you know, there wasn't as much information out back then. Yeah. Uh, we got some guys in the chat. Marco's just joined us. Number 10. What? Yeah. We are doing a countdown. The top 10 DFS moments from the coronavirus era. We have John Williams points out. I think Sacramento is one of the teams that night. Yeah. I think oh, you yeah. are correct. Let's move on to number nine folks. This is the number nine DFS moment of the coronavirus era. That's right. That was Patrick Laird in the winning captain slot of a free sim contest hosted by DraftKings.com. Everyone tried to rule him out, but the simulated Patrick Laird came back and won D-Berry 963, $250. How sweet was that moment, Brian? It's a pretty low ownership in the captain there, 0.02%. (laughs) In a, in a what must be a showdown if there was a captain in there. Yeah, go yep. that is a that is a rare occurrence. Not for Laird, but for the captain to be that low owned and someone to bank. Just think the amount of courage it took for D Barry, just knowing he would be the laughing stock of all of DFS Twitter if Laird were to flop. But not only did he get. Uh, the opportunity to jam in the rest of the studs, Brady and Edelman. He got a ceiling game from Patrick Laird, 23.85 points. I mean, just what an incredible performance. And I don't want to be hyperbolic, but it's a performance I'll never forget. He he might have made up the entirety of his .02 uh, drafting. He made 100% of his captain ownership in this one lineup, possibly, or at least 50%. This this screenshot is really the story of Patrick Laird in a nutshell. 0.02% ownership, min price salary, and just an absolute smash game in the face of all the haters. Congrats to D-Berry963 with one of the sickest plays of the entire coronavirus era within DFS. It's uh, pretty amazing. What do, you, what do you think, generally speaking, of the, the eSport and not the the, the um, simulation uh, DFS uh, product they've put out so far. So I did check in on this match when people started alerting me that E Laird was going off, and uh, and then I hadn't really checked in on it until DraftKings had their thank you. They said thank you to the fans. We're going to do a five max free roll contest. So I spent time building lineups, debating if stacking quarterbacks with wide receivers was a thing in Madden or not. And, uh, and I believe I made a dollar 75 and I don't know about you, but I felt seen and heard by DraftKings. Okay. I didn't enter any of them until yesterday or two days ago where they had that $300,000 GPP. Then I put, um, uh, got who was the the Steeler uh, Connors the Steelers running back? Yeah, I, I started him. He got one touch. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm telling you, man. I mean, that's a fragile backfield situation there. I mean, that's your I, fault for. Uh, I guess so. I mean, it's like, how do you know who's injured, who's playing in the simulation? Do you oh. think? Do you think if they if they could, they would have made made them bigger prize pools and let people gamble on them? But I'm I'm a, instead of giving it away for free, like if they could charge twenty bucks just like a regular DFS GPP. Um, I believe the question you just asked is if there was a viable way for DraftKings to make money, would they do it? And I believe the answer is yes. <laughs> and and, and would, would the fan, this is another stupid question because uh, yes, they would try to do it. And would the fans enter, Max enter those, those events? Uh, they oh, would. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, DraftKings, they could really get away with anything at this point. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's unquestioned. I had a hard time uh, fully getting into the Sims. I think what they should have done is they should have hired Lulz to do live commentary for the Sim games, and then maybe we could have drummed up some interest. Yeah, no, yeah. As long as if they had a big enough GPP, they'll they'll get interest with with or without Lulz. But that would have been fun. All right, I think it's time to head to number eight. The number eight moment from DFS in the coronavirus era is Dana White promises us Fight Island, an island where only one thing happens, men and women beating each other to a bloody pulp in an octagon, apparently on some kind of trampoline thing floating in the water here. How excited were you for Fight Island, Brian? Pretty excited. Um, I think you called it though on one of the episodes of Laws. You didn't think this was going to happen. So uh, nice, nice, uh, nice guess there. But yeah, it, it would have been pretty, pretty interesting if he could have, if he could have pulled it off. Yeah, it's uh, and now we are about to. Uh, I, I don't know if I want to call my shot again. We are what tentatively scheduled to have a UFC match a week from Saturday, I believe, the ninth. May 9th. What do you what so you don't want to call it live on air? You want to think about it a little longer? So I the reason I think he can have uh pull this one off is I think he's now been able to jump through the necessary hoops that the WWE was to, you know, get themselves labeled an essential business. Haven't they said that it's gonna probably be in Florida, the first one? I think I think that's what they said. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he'll probably be good on that front. And also we're starting now to actually like both objectively um, in the data, seeing more positive results. I like, I'll just be like full disclosure for me. I was way on the side of being overly cautious. I've read the data. I've seen what's going on. And now I do think that um, we should be moving in a direction to open things up in a, in a safe manner. And so I think that's going to actually help his cause as well. And I think some of those Southern states are, are being pretty aggressive with their reopening. So I actually think Dana White's going to get his fight a week from Saturday. Okay. I agree with everything you just said there too. I think, I think we should not that we, I'm an expert, but man, I, I think they should consider safely opening up a lot of this, a lot of sectors out there. But um, yeah, I would, I would say, I was going to say before your explanation, like, like at least minus 200, he's going to do it if you set the lineup and I bet that's just going to go up every day, something like that, like pretty heavy favorite that this is, that he's going to be able to pull this one off. Um, you know, they have uh, uh NASCAR coming back too, but it's a little bit later. So this is a little ambitious, which uh, is not surprising with Dana White. <laughs> so, but I think, I think you're going to get it. I think he's going to pull it off and we're going to have some, our first Millie 
not a Millie maker, but million dollar GPP. Yeah. So as, as long as things stay on track, uh, next week at this time, uh, Lowell's will be talking some MMA. That's for sure. Uh, let's, let's deviate to the chat here for an honorable mention. Uh, this didn't make the list, but DraftKings IPO'd uh, recently. Wes Bearden wants to know, hey, Brick, what do you think about the DraftKings hitting the stock market? Oh, okay. Yeah, investment advice from a non-accredited invest- <laughs> investor. Um, I, have, I am watching it in my little tracker in my online uh, investment account. And because uh, I do, I think I'm going to hit it up a little bit. And the reason is because I, I think because I put so much money into it. <laughs> You already are an investor in a way. I know. I mean, it's it's if you add up the rake from heavy value <laughs> players, not just me, it is astronomical how much money we we pump into the ecosystem there. And uh, I'm like, well, maybe you know, if I'm going to continue to do it full time, then why not get another piece of it and from a different angle? Uh, and it dropped like four dollars from its high. I didn't look today, so that could have completely reversed. But um, yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna hit it because, um, like, is there a worse time really for them to go public, right? Where there's like no sports, they had to make up all this stuff. The, uh, you know, there's um, no t- horizon when they're gonna get back to normal. How much money are they are they going through? How much staff do they have to lay off? All sorts of problems and everything, and it's just gonna get. I think it's just going to get better. And also like they, they've spent so much money on regulatory capture, like spending money on getting this legalized that they kind of motor themselves off uh, from competition to some extent, depends on the state, but like you have to pay $5 million license fee to get into the DFS space. And it's not good for us as players because we want as much competition as possible, but it's good for DraftKings because they can afford it. Right. And my guess is the way with it, pretty much any other sector, especially the gambling sector, because they usually hold hands with the government even more so than some others because they're a sin, you know, a sin uh, sector. Uh, my guess is that they, those, those fees will just go up. No one will know it. No, no normal people will know it, but people who pay attention to the state governments will. So it'll be harder and harder and they'll lobby more and more every year for our safety uh, and the safety of problem gamblers or whatever they come up with to make the barrier to entry even harder. Now there could be, since we're in these crazy circumstances, the governments are going to be so much in debt, which is one of the reasons why states like Illinois legalized this stuff in the first place is they need to fill pension holes. They have no money, right? They don't, they don't like, want to give you your freedom to, you know, interact voluntarily with adults. They just need the cash. (laughs) And so they legalized a lot of these things. And so like poker should probably get legalized fairly soon because the more that they're going to go in debt over this crisis, the more they're going to need it. So maybe that could slow down the the moding off of, of this sector for, for, you know, FanDuel and DraftKings and whoever gets in early Yahoo maybe. But my guess is that, they'll end up being the Kings for a long time, unless someone really challenges them with cash uh, who could pay that barrier to government entry. That was probably a long answer that no one wanted to hear, but. No, that was, uh, that was good too. Yeah. And it, you know, obviously the sports betting element uh, 
I think DFS is going to ultimately benefit from it, but I think DraftKings knows that uh, that sports betting is their cash cow uh, going forward, and hopefully they continue to prioritize, uh, or I guess not forget DFS, at least from like a research and development standpoint as well, because they need to keep improving that product. I think it's, I don't, I don't think we should be worried as DFS players either. I, um, you know, I'm, I could be wrong, but I think we're going to get, we're going to get a little uh, carryover from sports bettors who would never play DFS, who do play DFS. And maybe a little bit goes the other way too. But um, you know, if people having their sports book account on a place that has fantasy, I think it's just good for us. Like we can get all the Bovada customers and five dimes customers and you know what i mean who'd yeah. never play dfs having their accounts just have their accounts at DraftKings and FanDuel or whatever uh i think we i think that's a win uh for us you know yep all right it is now time for the number seven moment in dfs from the coronavirus era drum roll please Weehan suspended for two years for match fixing. Rogue Warriors on the hook for a three million won fine. Brian, nothing has rocked the DFS world and the Lulz world more than this bombshell from our boy Kenzie on March 27th. Yeah. Did you uh I thought it was Wee Yan. Do you you know how to pronounce his name? Uh so yeah. Basically, the how I operate is before when he was clean, he was Wee Yan. <laughs> and after uh, he was tarnished, he was Wee Yan. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, you know, I'm just noticing this in the tweet. 420 grand he had to pay? Wow. Okay. I mean, they get paid pretty well uh, in the well, LPL, I think that's the team. Okay. Okay. All right. Wow. That's, yeah. that's, that's quite a bit. And also, second point is he got he got less a significantly less punishment. Look at that sh- that shifty character. Uh, he he got he got less of a punishment than Pete Rose. And Pete Rose never fixed the game, right? He just like wouldn't play players that he you know. And I don't did he ever admit to betting on the Reds? Actually, I think he did, but I think the majority of his game his his bets were on other teams. But either way, he got less of a fine. Why would it be two years? Like. I cheated. I match fixed like eh, just a couple of years and then you could come back. Like, wouldn't you just be banned forever? You would think so. But, uh, you know, maybe he's just too valuable to the LOL ecosystem that they couldn't get rid of him, you know, outright. My question is, is I really want to see, cause it is rumored that this all took place because of a debt he had from a poker game and he was right. settling this debt via match fixing. I mean, do you, like of all the different poker styles, do you think he was super loose and, and aggressive, bluffing all over the place? Do you think he got it in positive EV and just lost a big coin flip? What are we looking at here? No, this this guy's a maniac. <laughs> He's just throwing, splashing the pot like a maniac. He probably went on a heater for a couple mil you know, for like a week or two, I could see, and then blew it. Plus, you know, another couple hundred thousand and then the paychecks weren't keeping up with it. And he just had to make a deal. Yeah, I, I agree. This guy, I mean, when you look into those eyes, I mean, this guy has seen some shit. He's lived some lives. I mean, he's clearly entrenched with, with some very shady figures. Um, 
And this was all jokes aside. This was a moment that uh, right as everyone was getting super into playing League of Legends, it was like everyone had just convinced themselves, okay, yeah, this can be really fun to play. And then boom, match fixing scandal. Yeah, right off the right off the bat. It's like a week into it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't think much of it at the time either. Like we kind of just accepted it. Like, oh, they had some some kid cheated. Um, but yeah, that that was ironically, or in, in hindsight rather, it was uh like pretty crazy that right when we all focused on League of Legends, the guy the guy gets caught cheating, which is probably not um not a coincidence, right? Like once the, the the world the gambling markets turned their eyes towards League of Legends, that uh, a match fixing happened. Well, and that leads us to our number six moment in the DFS coronavirus era. This one brought to you by my co-host Brick Seventy Five investigates the shady betting patterns in the LPL. Brick had been teasing out some of his thoughts on Twitter. People were saying, hey, Brick, you really think there's some funny business going on? And so what did Brick do? He went in the lab, he started charting line movements, and out came this damning correlation matrix. Yeah, this. so I think this was like a two-week sample size. (laughs) (laughs) You'd You'd rather have a much, much larger sample size for anything you do but it is just it's um i don't know if hilarious is the right word but that over two weeks for two weeks of league of legends games lpl games that vegas was inversely correlated with winning percentage i mean i know i've tried to explain this on one of our our last show or two shows ago where it's like come that's like unheard of where every every percent of vegas thinks they have to win the more they have to win the more you expect them to win was reversed for two full weeks it was like i they try to do this as a thought experiment for the nfl if it was just for two full weeks the you know late in the season the miami dolphins beat the new england patriots but imagine if that happened for all the teams for two weeks no yeah people would lose flip their shit and they were like you know uh, the the lines were like 80% 85% fair that's like 11 12 point lines in football yeah right so not money lines but like it's like yeah imagine a bunch of plus 12s losing for 2 weeks straight <laughs> yeah that's what happened in if the football play, if football played every day if football played between 3 and 6 games every day not just two sundays right in- And also there was this point where during this time, and I say this time, it was like a week and a half ago, but still (laughs) during this time, I would see RNG on the teams for that night slate. And I would feel a shiver go down my spine. I would see they were 78% favorites. I'd run a lineup crunch. I'd see him in all of my lineups and I was terrified to the bone. I was like, it does not matter what the mass says. Betty's taking a dive tonight. I know, man. It certainly, I felt exactly the same way. You actually put your money where your mouth is. One night you bet, you bet against RNG when they were like 85% favorites. 
Dude, I was so pissed off. I, during the entire DFS coronavirus era, I made one sports bet on League of Legends, and I was so pissed off at RNG, I just went in and hammered the money line. I believe it was on our Rogue Warriors uh, as well. And uh, and boom, that one hit overnight, and it felt I felt very vindicated. The, and the the worst moment of that for RNG for us was when we both noticed that Fantasy Cruncher didn't have Ming in their – you noticed it and then you DM me or whatever that uh, that Ming wasn't coming up in the fantasy cruncher projections. You have to like man for some reason you had to go and manually change it. And Ming is on RNG. And so I went from after I redid it, having, you know, very little or medium amounts of RNG to a whole bunch because, you know, you, you eliminate one player, it gets rid of a whole bunch of stack uh, combinations. Yeah. And, and, so that, and that was kind of like in the beginning, middle of the the whole the the, the whole part of this graph. Um, yes. and so like I rolled with it and of course R and D got, I think, O two'd, um, it might've been that night where they got like O two'd with like two kills in yeah, the first yeah. map and three kills in the second map or one of the, one of those, one of those matches was so pathetic that it was like, okay, come on. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep tracking this line data for a little while longer. Yeah. I mean, I, as a lifelong League of Legends fan, I'm watching the apathy and them trying to take a Baron, and it was pitiful, is yeah. all I'll say. And I believe we have a part two here, Brian, to okay. your deep dive research. Uh, I'm going to cue this up. What do we got here? So this one was, this was just like last week, where is it? The 24th. Okay. <laughs> it seems like ages <laughs> it ago. It seems right? forever ago. Um, where a player got, uh, disqualified from Rocket League. So they Rocket League had had two scandals. One was uh, a team match fixing, fixing scandal, and then this, where a whole team was disqualified for a player lying about their age. And <laughs> the info of the age is the next uh, link I sent you, if you want to. It's only a few sentences long, and I think it's pretty... Oh, yeah, let me pull this up. Pretty interesting read, so... Yeah, here it is. Rogue replace disqualified team in RLSS. Rogue are taking the place of Jamal Jabari in this weekend's North American Rocket League Spring Series because of the latter team's disqualification. Jamal Jabari was ousted after a ruling that they used uh, an ineligible player. Long LJ Wilt turned 15 on Friday, the minimum age for participation in the official Rocket League tournaments, but was 14 when the qualifiers were held. So, so when I heard someone was disqualified, I thought it was the opposite way. Yes. I thought some, some, some old timer, some 28 year old <laughs> was playing as a 21 year old or something. And they, and you know, he's just got years of experience and then he lied about his age and they had to kick him out. No, it was because a 14 year old was so good. <laughs> No, Rocket League players are like gymnasts, right? They peak so young, and uh, this little kid was just chomping at the bit to get in there. Why wouldn't they just let him play? Let the little guy play. Let, let little LJ play. Who cares? The kid is going to be a prodigy. A rising tide lifts all boats. After let this, who knows, I mean, though? This might have done a number to him. You know, Toasty apologized on his behalf here. Eli Toasty <laughs> Nichols. <laughs> oh, man. What a, you know, what a time to be alive, uh, Rogue yeah. getting eliminated. All right, it's time to move on to number five. The number five moment of the DFS coronavirus era is 
NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace rage quits during esports race, gets dropped by sponsor. That was pretty, uh, pretty, uh, I would say entertaining, except I think I had like 38% of them uh, on that slate. <laughs> so it kind of, it kind of hurt. And he quit early too, like lap 11 or something. And the, the best thing is this was the first big iRacing contest on DraftKings. There was a $100,000 first place prize. Yeah. And we open up and literally, wasn't it like 10, 15 minutes into the race? Yeah. Yeah. It was early. Cause yeah, I tweeted out something like 18 laps in like six crashes, one player rage quits <laughs> iRacing. <laughs> Here's the play-by-play from the article. After Boyer rejoins the track, he appears to purposefully crash into Wallace, sending his car to the pits. But immediately, Wallace decides to call it quits and tells viewers to have a good one before adding, this type of incident is why he doesn't take this shit seriously. (laughs) And that didn't sit well with his sponsor, Blue Emu, who released him later that week. Yeah, they their tweet, if you scroll down, yeah, right there, they responded directly to his tweet. Yeah, so he goes, uh, bah, I'm dying at my mentions right now. Uh, I just realized I, re- I read laughing as like a sheep, bah, ha, ha. Uh, I ruined so many people's days by quitting a video game, bah, ha, ha, a video <laughs> game. Damn, quarantine life is rough, three crying emojis. Blue email goes, GTK, good to know where you stand. Actually, don't see GTK that much. GTK, yeah. where you stand, bye-bye, Bubba. We're interested in drivers, not quitters. That is, it's amazing time to be alive, isn't it? Where you see sponsors live firing their drivers because they do quit an iRacing. Do you think the Blue Emu CEO runs their Twitter account where he made that executive decision? Or did the social media manager get permission to fire him on the spot? I don't know. I don't like the decision of the GTK decision. So, um, it, it it he might he might have uh he might have done it himself then his decision making might have been off what do they even do blue what do they supports health joints pain relief cream deep penetrating long lasting odor free maybe they should hire you that was pretty good deep penetrating long lasting <laughs> bubba free it's blue emu pain relief cream Wow. What a moment. What a moment. hundred thousand dollar prize pool. Bubba Wallace just throws in the towel. His, um, his, his mentions were pretty funny too. Though he was getting tore up pretty good. Like this is life changing money. <laughs> I wonder if he honestly even had any clue that there were hundred thousand dollar prize pools up top. I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, he, 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 he took the next, next, one serious though was there only one more after that or two there was only one more last the last race he did was he he took serious i mean once they start the uh sponsors start start going then you start taking it serious yeah i uh i do want to offer a a 5a and a 5b to this moment and also uh two weekends ago for the iRacing event Rascal Flats uh, sung the national anthem, and then there was a virtual flyover, and it was one of the most emotional moments I've experienced during this whole quarantine. I just would be remiss if I didn't mention that moment. That was, yeah, powerful as they showed the stadium, the virtual stadium, uh, as they sang. It was uh, 
It wasn't weird at all. It was great. It was uh, it was really an emotional time. We are moving down our list. It is time to get to number four. This arguably, uh, Brian and I were debating. We thought this could be as high as number one on the list. Ladies and gentlemen, the number four DFS moment from the coronavirus era is Alex Osimo Baker buys a League of Legends desk chair to cement himself as the number one League of Legends DFS player in the entire world. Right. It's amazing. Um, uh, it changed everything. I, you know, I, it does beg the question of why does an Android need to sit down in the first place? Does he do it for comfort? Um, is he do it because to mimic what other, you know, other humans behavior? Um, cause I heard these chairs aren't very comfortable to begin with, you know, it's more for show. Yeah, there were, there were a lot of questions surrounding this chair. I'm not even, when I say purchases a league of legends chair, I'm not even sure about that. League of legends might've sent him a comp chair, but merely, you know, Alex, you know, we, we dove head into this space that we've been a part of for years and years and years. But Alex really went the extra mile. He started duo queuing, solo queuing, firing up happy hours with his buds. And uh, I mean, we got to give it to him. He really dove into this world that, that we know and love. He did. Yeah. He, 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 he went crazy. It's amazing uh, that he could get out that much content and play on a sport. Uh, that wasn't on Osmo.com until three weeks ago or whatever. He's a sicko. And uh, yeah, that chair, uh, I will say one of the best things that happened is me not buying that chair because boy, was I really close at one point. You did thought about it. I did. It looks pretty bulky. It does. It does. I am also like, why we're at it. I mean, this whole setup, like his desk right here, it kind of is reminiscent of, you know, like the folding tables in an elementary school cafeteria. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from his. It does look like that. And does that keyboard, is it like an optical illusion or is that like a little tiny keyboard? I think you know, it's like a, it yeah. Doesn't have, it's like missing like the top row of keys, you know, just it's to really say skinny. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, even though it was definitely one of the top moments, we do have our issues, Alex. So don't rest on your laurels. Right. And the monitor can use a little upgrade too. That's a little tiny, little what, 18 inch or something. All right. It is now time to get to our number three moment. I mean, Brian and I were arguing about how to finalize these rankings all afternoon. Our number three moment from the coronavirus era as it pertains to DFS is the outlaw golf tours cameraman calls in sick with a hangover. I'll read the tweet citing an awful hangover. One of our camera guys, not sure why we need the quotes there just bailed. So we will only have one featured group for now. Plus coverage of the first tee box. Our sincerest apologies for the snafu Gatorade and a healthy ass kicking have been delivered to the guy's house. <laughs> Pretty Pretty awesome. He called out his, I'm assuming, buddy uh, for not showing up to hold the camera for a periscope. Um, what These guys uh, have done a pretty awesome job, though, huh? The, the whole tour, um, they they started out, I think, with just like uh, 50 or 100 Twitter followers when I first looked at their uh, 
what are they up to now? Two over two thousand. Yeah, there it's in you like go. Two, it's in like two weeks, two three weeks. Um, and you could check in and look how your guys are doing. They they had multiple cameras today. Uh, they their their leaderboard had been updated pretty good. I I joked that I'm surprised that we didn't hug their website to death. Their leader the DFS community didn't you know crash their leaderboard um, uh, page. Cause yeah. and, it, and it stayed up. They didn't have any problems. They got a little better at updating their, their numbers each time. Pretty impressive. I know it is. Uh, I don't know if people can hear the audio, but it seems like the guy's doing kind of some play by play as well. I mean, this is a really a, a multi-skill setted cameraman. Yeah. They had, they had a couple different uh, commentators. That's Are they incredible. using, you know, I didn't even notice this. Oh, they're drive. They're not even carrying their own bags. Yeah, they got the cards. I didn't even, man, out, yeah. ain't no rules in outlaw golf, Brian. <laughs> yeah, they had, they had, um, you know, some funny things about outlaw golf is uh, the prize pools for the players, <laughs> the golfers, was less than for the DFS players. It for, is, I think, uh, every single time. And what do we call that, Brian? We call that a recipe for match fixing. <laughs> yeah, we do. It would be, it definitely would be a, a chance for that. But like I said last time, they don't have the lines out there. There's no two-way lines. You need to, you need to have someone be able to lose on purpose. Yeah, uh, I would. I would love to have seen the the text conversation between the guy who runs the Outlaw Tour Twitter account and the cameraman. And, you know, this guy, he's so excited. He has all the interest of these DFS players. They're just eating it up. And his cameraman's just like, yeah, man, not feeling it today. Hung over his shit, man. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? Dude, I got a million people out here that want to watch you follow these guys around on the course. He's like, sorry, man, not feeling it. He's getting all these invites to do podcasts and talk <laughs> about the tour. And this guy totally blows it for him. Um, JJ Spawn was on the tour today. He's an actual PGA golfer, plays every week, and he was a and he wasn't the favorite to win. Really, and and there, there's a few guys who are on the who play on the tour uh, either a little bit or a decent amount who've played so far on the Outlaw, but this guy plays every week. Uh, I don't know what his tour status is 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 when it's up, but uh, he should be right back to it when it gets back to it. And he wasn't the favorite, and he and he and he and he and he sucked. I think he was like, like sixtieth out of the eighty golfers yesterday. So I used to take him a little bit because he's no one takes him, you know, in some tournaments. But my God, if he can't do anything on this tour, just so good. Were you able to find um, any stats on on these guys? No, just for the guys who who have tour appearances. Um, and I have like five years of data, uh, but so there was probably seven guys who've had like at least, you know, two, two rounds or more. Yeah. Um, spawn is like the only other guy Alex said, could play the first week. He plays basically every week. So were those guys the most heavily owned, just the ones that was any data on, they were the first week's. Spawn was pretty heavily owned yesterday. Today he was only owned fourteen percent, okay. which is amazing. Uh, that like honeymoon's the, over with Spawn. Yeah, because that's <laughs> the DFS community moves on quickly. <laughs> yeah. All right, that was our number three moment. We are now about to discuss our number two moment, and 
I'm hesitant to even call it a moment, Brian, because it is still ongoing. It's a it's a moment we are in right now. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the CSGO GLA round adjustment for the first ever slate on DraftKings. They're still pending the scores. We still don't know. But boy, has this been a wonderful moment for DFS and for CSGO fans, Brian. The, the first day... The first day was pretty hilarious. The first day was because it wasn't just that no one could calculate GLA, right? That they did no, no one, no one knew what the hell was going on. <clears throat> it was because it was a new product that they rolled out probably too quickly, and they couldn't get anything updated in time. And that first slate lasted what? We we DM'd each other like it's still going. <laughs> It was, it, was, like, it was legit like 36 hours. It was a long, it was a long, long ass time. And the best part of all was Drewby was at the top of the ranks. He went from 20k to 5k post games to 1k to minus 600 dollars, sweating a nine hour thing. And I played that slate too. It was my first and only time playing CSGO, and I was like man, I think I'm crushing right now. I had a 10X at one point, and then it just all slowly evaporated. All right, that, yep, you're going one way or another, and uh, that's what I would joke. Like, yeah, I think, um, I think I'm doing good, but honestly, I have no idea. Like, could someone <laughs> please figure this out for me? Um, you know, in the, in hindsight, in hindsight, I'm going to defend GLA here for a second. Oh, boy, I here do we go. Think, I do think if they had, like, the product down pat, right, like, if they could update the numbers as quickly as NFL or one of the major, you know, one of the major sports, I think it, and people would have got a little more used to it. I do think it is with some tweaks, the idea is right. Like, I think the idea was, was more, uh, was right to like how the game should be scored, but it just was too complicated for people to wrap their head around and the way they rolled it out and how you didn't know how, where you were until nine hours later at a minimum, like, it just pissed too many people off and they just needed to change it to something simpler. And they did. Yep. It was, um, it's been something, uh, you know, I've stayed true to my LOL roots, haven't ventured over there, but I'm happy for you, Brian. I'm happy for Drewby, for Ryan Hodge and for all the others out there that enjoy CS go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, all right. It is now time for the number one moment this is voted on by you the fans i couldn't believe this you guys came out in droves you said this has to be the number one moment in dfs in the coronavirus era and ladies and gentlemen that is in fact cloud nine's very own stick say confirming to our generations kenzie peter overs that that he was in fact starting on march 28th despite the lack of publicized starting lineups. Brian, do you remember where you were during that moment? I was in this chair, as I <laughs> always am. <laughs> and, the, and how grateful were you for just kind of my dogged reporting? I, that was hilarious and, and grateful. And we used it, actionable. I think, yeah, I sent you a DM like, oh my God. <laughs> so he responded to you. Can you imagine like a, any DFS personality, tout, player, whatever, got like uh, a scoop on a player not playing or playing directly to them? <laughs> 
Oh, wow. man. And the thing is, is my hit rate ended up being pretty good. I went one for two. I tried it again with the whole uh, FlyQuest, the solo Viper situation. Didn't hear back on that one. Um, but Sticks A, coming in big in the clutch. And maybe let me see if I can do a little research here because I wanted to point out one of the faves in here. Uh-huh. That was pretty. This is important. This is pretty good. Um Basically, what I'm trying to find, and whether I can't find it or not, Stixay's mother, there it is, Stixay's mom, liked my tweet. I mean, if that isn't the number one moment of DFS coronavirus, Deanna Cantino favoriting the 83rd ranked sports DFS player in the world's tweet. I mean, just what a time to be alive. Look at look at her uh, her line, trolling an ADC and team. Love it. <laughs> She is into league. Love it. Stick say, man, you are a hero. Um, you earned a follower for life. Uh, even though I was following you before that, for sure. Um, just a great time. I mean, stick say, what else there is there to say, Brian? Uh, not much. That was, uh, that was legendary, buddy. Legendary. So you guys, anytime you need me to hook it up, kind of confirm whether your favorite top laner is going to be playing. I'll, I'll take care of it for you. Um, Brian, man, we have lived, we have lived a lot of life in these past, you know, six to eight weeks. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like it's, it's uh, let's, let's say, do you feel like it's two questions? Do you feel like it's coming to an end? The esports DFS uh, plateau. And uh, if so, what do you think, esports will look like in terms of gpps whatever however you want to quantify it uh a year from now so i just had an analogy come to my head i believe on this show i've had a few times when i've told stories from my youth to help you know analogous thinking to help drive home a point and this is how i think it's going to happen when i was in eighth grade i went on my trip to washington dc i know a lot of kids in eighth grade do that do that trip and we were paired up our school with an all girls school from Minnesota and me and all my buddies fell in love with all of these girls. We ignored every girl in our class. We just fell head over heels in love with these girls and we all exchanged numbers, AOL instant messenger. And when we returned home, those first few weeks, we were still texting each other. We were even calling each other some, and then slowly over time, it just started to fade, you know, it was maybe be an email here, one little chat here, and we grew apart. Despite that intense love affair we had underneath the cherry blossoms in Washington, D.C. for one week. That is what I think is going to happen with DFS in esports. Yeah, okay. I, I think I think you're right with one change to your analogy. Okay. If it was a little more adult relationship... <laughs> You'd like still, still talk to him once every, you know, once every six months or something. You mean like maybe hit see, him up for a booty call? There you go. That's really, what you're yeah. going for. I could see, I could see that like a drunk dial every, you know, every once in a while. So that's I think, the best analogy, the drunk dial. Yeah. I think, I think that's, what's going to happen, you know, especially cause the time, the timing like of the, 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 the slate start. Speaking of drunk dials, like people will be drunk, be like, oh, what can I gamble on? Well, 
esports is still going in China in two hours. Let's make a lineup. You know, like Australian horse racing for yeah. those uh, st- degenerates who gamble on horses. Well, let me let me ask you, because I think this is always an interesting thing for, you know, you are as a DFS player, you're pretty sport agnostic. You'll, you'll play everything. Um, my guess, but I'm just going to ask you if there were a hundred thousand dollar prize pool for League of Legends, let's just say in a month, uh, just a random slate. And that same night, there was a twenty five thousand dollar MMA top prize pool. Which one would you devote more of your attention to and which one would you care more about? If yeah, so a hundred thousand dollar GPP and it versus a twenty-five thousand, yeah. I'd do the hundred thousand GPP for sure. Right. So I guess the point I'm making is I mean, your interest, it's not that you are done with LOL, it's just your interest is gonna gravitate to where the biggest prize pools are. Yeah, for me personally, one hundred percent. Right. And I, I feel similarly. It like it's it's no knock against League of Legends. I mean, if they still had a robust set of contests and stuff with good price pools, I'm sure we would continue to play. I think the fear is, is that the lobby is going to dry up and there's only going to be a few offerings again. Right. And that, that's my prediction as well. So like, instead of, I think just instead of the, the GPPs being like a 10 K GPP, like they were before with like $500 the first, it'll be like 20, 25 occasionally when there's no other sports and maybe some popular league of legends event, they'll get up to a hundred, maybe every once in a while, but yeah. And I, you know, since we're, we're done with the, the, uh, the countdown, this is a perfect, well, it, it, it count, you know, you, you, you said like, it's not that there's a problem with league of legends. I kind of think there is a problem with the DFS league. Yeah. Not, not league of legends, the game. It's actually pretty, pretty fun to watch for a video game. And, uh, and gamble on. It's pretty interesting. I think the, it's just, there's so much correlation and so few players that the dupes are a big issue in, in League of Legends DFS and um, specifically their huge prize pools, which is what everyone wants to play and they pump up the most and they charge the most rake for too, unfortunately. So like when everyone's duping in these high rake events, like it kind of drains the system. Um, there's not a whole lot you can do. I'm not 100% sure yet, but I don't think there's a whole lot you can do about it. And for a perfect example, for like the like what, like the last week, there's only been like two gamers, something like that. Yeah. Maybe last five days and for the foreseeable future too. Um, so today was the two gamer, the hundred thousand dollar two gamer. I won, right. I took first and I lost money. So it was, I took first, right. So it was, <laughs> it was like 2,500 bucks yeah. or whatever to enter. And I won 1900. And I took first, right? And so like, I don't need to do the math for people. Like that, that is, uh, you know, uh, that doesn't mean it's a broken ba- game. It could be an outlier. But with the two gamers, it's really hard to kind of f- figure out uh, exactly what you're supposed to do. Right. And, you know, <clears throat> we've talked about a couple tweaks and I have another one I thought of that might be easy to implement where they only allow change the rule from allowing four players to team to like three players to team, or maybe even two. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of what, I mean, even FanDuel has the forcing the three teams. So at least you get those more, you know, everyone's forced into four, two ones, three, three ones. I mean, it just naturally forces more unique lineups. Yeah, it does. And I don't think that's even far enough. Yeah. So like if they're not going to change the whole structure where, 
there's a there's a captain and then assistant captain or whatever at 1.25 assistant to the regional captain assistant to the regional <laughs> captain exactly yeah. or they did add another flex spot or who knows you know um shrank the amount of players you pick from which actually increases the amount of combos yeah um so something like that long term is what i would do if i was them you know you never know this the virus could pop up again and we get called back at home for a couple of weeks and esports takes off again <laughs> yeah i mean the thing that i think is the big bummer too is just i mean even the the eu masters ones um were pretty fun with you know, some of those were six game slates and you could run out four threes and not be heavily duped, um, with six game slates. And it's like, I know DraftKings always wants to have people turning over their money quickly. So they don't like doing the multiple day slates, but at least do a two, two day slate. So we get a four gamer, you know, and it also, I think that helps the ecosystem, right? It helps content creators. It gives them more time to prepare for a slate and talk about a slate and research it and builds more anticipation for it. I just don't know why they'd be reluctant to some of these two day slates. I mean, I think you answered that when yeah. we first started. What what does DraftKings want more money? Yeah. Um, and they and they want they want you to, you know, get cashed out so you can play that Counter-Strike Go game in 8:30 in the morning, you know. Uh so I I mean, I I would guess that's definitely the reason. But it doesn't isn't that kind of ironic then with say the you use the Counter-Strike example and then the GLA scoring actually ties up your money on the site longer than it needs to. I think they didn't, they didn't foresee that happening. I think that was a mistake and they changed it. Yeah. They couldn't get it going. And the site they use, I think they use that HLTV um, counter-strike site. And it is like, you know, I don't want to rip on someone's site, but it's like, uh, you know, something from the late nineties, you know, with the functionality and the search features and it's hard to find what's going on and get the stats and, you know, you know good luck downloading stats from that site. So like, I wonder how, like, if they're getting their information from some third party provider, that's not, you know, ready to do that. That could be another problem that they didn't see coming uh, where league of legends is so popular uh, yeah. that they could get that data pretty quick. Uh, they struggle with the league of legends data the first couple days too, by the way, but they, but they've had years working on it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, du- the dupes is such, such an issue that they really should take a look at, and, it, you know, it, it could provide you an opportunity where you get different. It makes money off of everyone else duping. But, like, the correlations are so unbelievably big in League of Legends. I mean, I, I we've said this on one of our shows. Uh, like, a football correlation quarterback to wide receiver, it's like 0. .3 or something, you know, just say. Yeah. And in League of Legends, it'll be like 0. .9 for the whole team with each other like you know it's in the point eights point nine it depends but um that's just almost a one for one it's like a no-brainer so what does that mean it's like okay you then you're playing you're playing for dupes so like there's three strategies and we talked about this the last time i this is my opinion anyways three yeah three strategies you want to do everything humanly possible not to dupe <laughs> right which on these two gamers, what's going to happen is you're going to take, you're going to get 0% of your money back or you're going to have a chance to solo bank. Um, most of the time you're going to get 0% of your money back or like 10%. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. 
or you can um, do uh, uh, multiple lineups. So you could say, let's just say you make 50 lineups, 50 solid lineups, and then just enter them three times. Or you could do like a combination of the two. Right. Where you, you do try to get as unique as possible, but still also put in a decent amount of lineups, um, which is probably, you know, I, I don't know. I honestly haven't done a deep enough dive on it yet to figure out figure out what the actual answer is. But my guess is with the correlations being so strong, it's probably like the third option or, or um, they all have merit in my opinion, honestly. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that is, it is kind of an interesting thing as um, it, I almost think it would be incredibly smart by DraftKings to switch up the scoring format one, because the game itself needs it and two as just a promotional marketing thing to help extend the shelf life of it in the spotlight here before all the other sports get, get back rearing and going. What do you think about this? I just thought of this. This is going to be a horrible idea, but whatever. I'm going to say it. What if they added this in these dupey sports like showdowns and such? MMA, NASCAR even dupes a decent amount. What if they added a randomness to the people who tie and they randomly get selected in order? So let's say you, t- you tie for 10th, right? Yeah. You know, the RAND function in Excel equals yeah, yeah. RND, right? And it just makes a number in between point, uh, zero and, and one. Yeah. So you just, it just assigns each, everyone gets assigned a random number. <laughs> and then you start. So there's 10 people who get, who get tied for first. So what? now there's another gamble on top of it. And like, this guy's going to be first. Oh my God. First of all, I actually, I don't mind it. Um, and people like you and Osimo and have the mental fortitude to probably withstand that tilt. But can you imagine like a solo lineup or hand building person tilting the randomizer tiebreaker? I mean, it would be out of oh, control. Oh, it would be. Yeah, it would probably be a, dis- uh, 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 a disaster for yeah. their publicist. But like for like, for example, the, the slate today, I won. All every single one of us, it would be GTO to take the <laughs> random option because what at least some of us are going to make a profit as opposed to all of us losing. It, you know, John Williams is already tilted at the chat. <laughs> He's Terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, because what you're describing, you're like you're saying it's mutually assured destruction. But at least one of us, it's uh, what is it? The um, it's what's what's the uh, pri- it's like prisoner's dilemma basically uh, kind of but like um <laughs> it would benefit it would benefit recreational players yeah. right because recreational recreational players aren't going through trying to figure out what's going to dupe and what's not going to do right. right they're just like i like we yan no way he's a cheater i'm putting him in you know and they just play they just play wh- whoever if yeah. you if you if you didn't have dupes then they wouldn't be making such a big mistake it's still a mistake right because then yeah but it wouldn't be as big a mistake. And you know, listen, you would, let's say you had 10 dupes instead of splitting 10 grand, you know, you could take third and get four grand, you know, yeah. or third or three grand or whatever, however they break it I'm down. I'm already thinking about the conspiracy theories of like, how oh. is brick 75 won eight dupe <laughs> randomizer ties in a row? It was I his idea. <laughs> 
Uh, and and I think it's I think it would be illegal. I don't think that the <laughs> law allows for that. I don't think it would be legal. But um, hey, guys, I got an idea. Everyone who ties or dupes hops on a Zoom call and we just go Rochambeau, yeah. best of seven, little tournament, figure out who wins. Okay. <laughs> that is not that crazy, though, because they did implement that on Full Tilt and Poker Stars back in the day, right? Uh, that if you're on a final table, I'm pretty sure they did. This is so long ago. If you're at a final table, they pop up at the break. They pop up that uh, split split screen where you could say, all right, how much do you guys want to negotiate? How much you take? And then they just end the tournament instead yeah. of playing it out. So like if you know, you're the chip leader, you get more, but you don't get the whole first prize in exchange for ending it early and just taking your extra profit. Yeah. It's not much different. Yeah. You can like opt into it or something. Here's I'm going to throw out another theory why we're talking about this. I I almost wonder though. Part of the reason um not only are the 43 stacks GTO as you said by the correlations, but people in general love stacking. People probably um maybe even overstack in NFL and maybe they don't overstack in other sports. But people love stacking in general because we've talked about this it eliminates the amount of decisions you have to make. And making a lot of decisions can be overwhelming, especially if you're just making a couple of lineups. It just streamlines the process for you. I wonder if DraftKings is actually able to get more players and more people interested because the game isn't as intellectually complex. It's easy for someone to go, I just pick two squads and I'll pick whatever random combinations of those squads that I want. Yeah, I, it could, it, there could be, I honestly, I think they screwed up. I think they didn't know that these correlations yeah. were that high. And they're like, no, we allow people to stack. Let's let them allow to stack. How many? Someone's like, how about four? They're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, okay, that's, that sounds good to me. Print it up. Like, I don't think they were playing League of Legends and figuring out, like, you know, the AC, ADC and support are going to be correlated here. And, and, you know, maybe we shouldn't allow stacking as much because there's going to be a lot of dupes. I think they just put something together and they didn't know because no one played it. And so the dupes weren't really a huge problem. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. One day we'll do a 30 for 30 and uh, we'll figure it out. But uh, until then, um, Oh, one, one last thing too. We do have, um, I believe I was gifted again from DraftKings feeling extremely generous this day. Now that they're a, you know, a multi-billion dollar company um, esports week, exclusive ticket. We have a 30,000 prize pool. Did everyone receive this? What, how did you, what did you need to get this? I don't, I didn't look at the requirements. I did get it. Yeah. There's 18,000 people in this, but there's a free roll contest with uh, 5,000 up top little two game slate here for the uh, Eastern European masters. Have you uh, messed around on this slate at all? No, I, I didn't. I got, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine tickets into this. Oh boy, thirty k, thirty k to top. It, it doesn't really have any. Uh, it doesn't have any details on the why we get. Wow, it's pretty top heavy. You want to take first in this bad boy? Oh Which, yeah, I, I'm thinking about running out a one 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 one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> um, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna pray I get lucky and take first and enjoy my dupes as I do with hopefully as few people as possible. Um, here, here's what I will say right now. If you are in the chat, 
how many how many likes are we at? Um, we are at three likes. That is pitiful. If you uh, we need to get up to ten likes. I need you to like this, and you need to uh, drop your uh, Twitter handle in here. I will take a screenshot of it, and if I win the five thousand dollars, I will no questions asked. Actually. Uh, you don't need to give your email. Yeah, drop your Twitter handle so I have a way to contact you. If I win the 5000 I will no questions asked, PayPal you $250 each. Whoever uh, drops their Twitter handle in here. Okay, I'll, I'll, ma- I'll match you. I'll match you. I'll do the there, same. There you go. Brick uh, Brick just did. I mean, you don't have to do that because you have you have eight entries. I only have one. So It's but, fine. Um, it's fine. You're, you're uh, a nice I'll, guy. I'll match you either way. There That's we go, good. guys. So we, we hey, just Taylor said, does it. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor's it. No, DraftKings, what we just did, Brian, DraftKings is trying to do a nice thing and free roll you. No, we just took the free roll away from them and now we're the good guys. That's right. We know like some of the guys' Twitter handles in this, <laughs> in, in our chat, like Drew and uh, yeah. Jake. I'm just going to leave this, uh, we'll leave this up here for a couple minutes. And then look, if you don't drop your Twitter handle, then Brick and I will just be, uh, you know, getting the spoils. And once lockdown's over, we'll go out for a nice steak dinner. Oh, sounds good to me. Sounds nice. I don't know if um, you've noticed that you've left open this uh, Hitler, uh, <laughs> this Hitler picture. <laughs> Twitter. So people don't know what you're talking about because Taylor cut away from it. On oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because I double checked too. He's talking right. about on my behind the scenes, my shared screen has uh Worcester Baptist Church holds another service possibly defying the state's gathering restrictions and yeah it's a, like a Boston Globe tweet yeah Boston Globe tweet um all right guys uh Brian are yeah. there any final words because next week this show this could be an MMA show next week man yeah no i i can't wait i think i think it's going to hold together Excellent. Well, uh, we thank you. <laughs> Taylor just cut back to my, I see that. my, there you guys go. Now, you know what it's like. You want to know what it's like to be Peter Overzet and to log into his Twitter stream. This is what you see wow. tweets from the Boston globe. I hope none of my thirst trap accounts pop up. We got fantasy football. We got crypto. Okay. Um, and Darko Milicek from the 2004 NBA finals broadcast. Wow, what a player um oh yeah actually right before we go uh but i don't even know how to say this name in it barsenal fan 4000 he wants uh, a take on korean baseball which was just introduced as a dfs uh offering yeah i just saw it this uh this morning or whenever it came out um i mean i'll probably be entering um how i'm going to attack it it will you know it's baseball so it's not league of legends correlated but you're gonna want to stack especially this looks like there's plenty of people in this gpp so you're definitely gonna want to stack yeah um so that will be in order whether i want to put the time in to build a model for korean (laughs) baseball with states already opening up i don't think i'm gonna do that and you can always rely on your friendly Android, Alex Baker, to um, produce a usable <laughs> projection for y'all. And I might be partaking in that uh, in, in uh, some awesome.com's uh, Korean baseball projections, unless 
Unless I get real uh, ambitious. Yeah. No, the, the key is to let Osimo put out his and then you reverse engineer it and kind of improve upon it from the, the subtle mistakes you notice that he made. Yeah, I like to let, <laughs> let him put his out. And then if I like one day, I'm like, oh, fine, I'll start working on my own and then and, and put in the time. If the sport seems legitimate, it's been a fun uh, process, actually, for uh, for I'm sure for Alex and me, guys like us who make our own, trying to, you know, come up with creative ideas for these like limited stat limited stats out there and limited odds and things we normally draw from to uh, come up with something semi-predictive. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've always said since I started doing YouTube that I think you should try to make your own projections. And one of the reasons is because it's just good experience. And this would have been a perfect time to use, use that experience to come up with something before someone else did and make a little, make a little money. Yeah. There you go. Um, you know, I, uh, I had the chance, you know, I, to the time to develop my own projections and, uh, I decided, no, I decided <laughs> I would rather screw around on Twitter. It's, it's really served me well. Um, uh, one final question. We got Carlos, Peter, can you talk about your summer book reading, uh, club with Patrick Laird? Yes. Uh, my boy, Patrick Laird, uh, not the simulated version who won, uh, what, what's his face? $250. No, the real Patrick Laird. Uh, yeah, he has a, he has a reading, uh, book club charity. So we thought it'd be a natural fit Davis Maddock and I to get back together with him. And, uh, we were just trying to pick a book that was new and relevant. This lady, uh, Anna Weiner, Weiner, don't be immature. Um, she <laughs> wrote kind of a memoir about Silicon Valley culture startups. Um, I basically, I think if you think of the Silicon Valley TV show and everything they were skewering. This is kind of her journalistic deep dive into all of the kind of shady and interesting stuff going on there. So yeah, we're going to read that, talk about it. We'll also get Laird's opinion on the Dolphins draft. He told me that uh, Tua already texted him. So uh, yeah, we'll have some good nuggets for you guys. Did you, uh, did you read the book yet? I haven't. I haven't ordered and uh, I'm going to read it. Okay, well, I hope so. We are doing a podcast. On, it seems it seems a little iffy if you were going to read it there, but well, uh, I mean, you know, if I if I delay too long, maybe I'm before the book club. I'm pulling up Spark Notes. You know, it could be oh, a yeah. whole disaster. You're downloading the audio version yeah. as fast as you can. Listen and do it on two and a half x. And who who picked the book? We were just kind of brainstorming books because we didn't. We didn't want to do something just straight football. And then we didn't want to do something kind of historical. So I was like, why not something contemporary? And because I think there are probably some interesting parallels between how NFL organizations that are rebuilding approach some of their decisions in the same way a startup company is when they're trying to maximize upside and, and long-term success. So I thought there might be some interesting parallels there. What was the last book you read? And Gee. when was that? The last book I read was not too long ago. I read uh, David Epstein Epstein's book, Range. Have you heard about that? No. Oh, wait, is that a poker book? No, um, it's a book like basically his theory is that um, specialization for people at a young age is actually a bad thing mm. um, and being more well-balanced and trying out 
uh, a lot of different disciplines, sports. And he actually talks about like the power of analogous thinking and, and being able to pull from different experiences actually serves people more later in life, despite kind of the glorification of the Tiger Woods story of like your dad drilling in you at a young age to just be the best at this one thing. Right. Yeah. So, the, so you want to teach your kid, you want them playing DFS football, DFS baseball, DFS esports. You don't want to just force them, you know, down DFS NBA or something. You exactly. Play everything. Yeah. I mean, you are a poster child of showing range throughout your DFS uh, sports. Per- okay. Perfect. Yeah. Just like my youth. Um, Carlos says, did I get an iPhone? Yes. I, I have a burner iPhone. You can see right here. It has my Patrick Laird cover. You can see Patrick Laird here. And I legitimately only use this phone to text with Davis and Laird. And they, I tried because I don't check this phone all the time. And Davis will send me texts that say, check your burner. And that means that Laird texted. So I get like a pager notification from davis that i have to check this phone because larry texted it it's real it's it's very real i don't have a sim in it i just use you know the the internet stuff to do the messaging okay. um but yeah if uh do you have an iphone brian no i i used to i've been a, a droid man for a while yep many years so there you go i do legitimately have an iphone that i only use to text patrick Laird. <laughs> Why is, why? (laughs) Why don't you just use your regular phone? Well, because that was a running, a joke from the first podcast we did because we, he said, um, oh, I don't check my DMs. We can just text. And then he goes, wait, you guys both have iPhones, right? And I went, oh shit, because I'm an Android guy. And Davis had already made fun of me uh, for that. And he was like, I don't want to, because I guess if you talk with someone who has an Android it doesn't the coloring or whatever on the iPhone is messed up or something. Oh, okay. um, so iPhone people like keeping their group texts within the iPhone family. So this is my way to appease NFL running back Patrick Laird. Okay. Oh, well, <laughs> well, well, well worth it. Well worth it. Oh, um, all right. Any final words here before we bid the people adieu? I mean, top 10 moments. What a show. Yeah, it's uh, doesn't it feel like since the Rudy Gobert moment, like what, like a year has passed? It does. A lifetimes. Yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, I think there might be some new sports coming up pretty fast. Uh, and so we are we are we are uh, we do love League of Legends, but we're probably going to talk about those as well. That's right. I mean, we are League of Legends guys at heart, but as David Epstein says, we also have range. So for producer Taylor, for Brick 75, I'm Peter Overzet, and this is Lowell's.